residential lighting specialist to arc residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. In this episode, we welcome our first second time guest, Josh AI founder and CEO, Alex Caposalatro. To what do we owe this rare return visit? Well, on this day that this podcast drops, Alex hosted a much ballyhooed virtual keynote where the company's executive team revealed a pair of new products designed to appeal not only to custom integrators and their clients, but also architects and designers looking for a way to blend residential tech with a more elegant aesthetic. Alex, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, it's so great to be here and appreciate your taking the time, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's great to see you again. We will, you know, usually we kind of dive into a more biographical sketch on these podcasts, but since you spoke to my publisher, um, Charles Warner, I believe it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, he already, you know, put it to the record, your background and got into your legendary uh, career and where you came from and got to know you as a person. So, you know, we'll go into a little bit of that later, but I really wanted to dive right into the tech talk and specifically the keynote that you you hosted today uh, when this podcast is, is launching. Um, discusses your new products, Josh Nano and Josh Core. Just to start it off, can you explain what those products are? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a, a really exciting moment for us as a company. We've been around for about five years. And since the beginning of the company, we've always had this vision of trying to create a really simple interface, a really simple experience that's also powerful and privacy focused. And part of why we started the company was we just had too many friends and colleagues and people we spoke with who said they've tried other control systems and it's just hard to use, it's hard to maintain. And so over the last five years, we've done a lot with software and with our first product called Josh Micro to try to make things a, a little bit more natural, a little bit easier. And we just kept getting similar feedback around talking to a really a puck is kind of the way that our previous device has been described. It's not always the most natural but also it doesn't always integrate into the home as seamlessly as we would like. And so we really took a step back and we said, when we hear from architects and designers and integrators, the idea of, of having a truly invisible um, smart home environment where you can just walk into a room and give a command. You could say, turn on the lights, open the shades and play some music. And that just happens around you. The, the whole home responds. Everything integrates through your professional sound system that's really what, what we looked at as the holy grail. And we basically took a step back and said, how do we make this happen? What, what's the best way to bring this experience forward? And so about probably a year ago now, we've been conceiving of this idea where we said the existing world of smart speakers, it's, it's a little backwards relative to what we think it should be. And what I mean by that is these devices are called speakers. And yet in the professionally installed homes that we're in, you have better speakers. You don't really want to use that speaker. And when you look even at our, our previous product, Josh Micro, the speaker accounts for about 60 to 70% of the volume. So we said, all right, let's take the speaker out and figure out a way using new technologies like VoiceCast and VoiceLink that we just introduced to be able to pipe the audio out through your better speakers. Well, that immediately gets the device a lot smaller. 
But then we said, let's go even further. Typically, when you're looking at an Amazon Echo, a Google Home, or a Josh Micro, these devices act as standalone devices. So they have to have all your Wi-Fi chips, your processors, your RAM, everything is basically in the device. Well, we said most of our homes have professionally installed racks, you know, integrated um, networks, things are done in a, a much different way. We said, what if we built an architecture that essentially had the microphones acting as sort of dumb mics? They're not quite that dumb. There's a lot of tech that goes into it, but take the processor out, take the memory out, take a lot of the communication out and move that back to the rack. Well, that allows us to get even smaller. And so all of that together is what brought us to these two new products that we're launching today. So Josh Nano is the smaller microphone, really the, the smallest microphone we've ever seen that can do what it does. It's a four microphone array, sits just um, two millimeters off the wall, so it's almost flush. It's just over an inch, uh, it's about an inch and a half in diameter. So think of it almost like a quarter on your wall that's running on PoE. This device has uh, full RGB LEDs, so it can let you know when it's listening, when it's processing. It also has a capacitive touch button. So if you were to walk up to it and just tap the center, it's gonna be able to do some basic functions, and those are contextual based on your commands. The other thing that we put in that we're really excited about is we put in a physical microphone disconnect button. We call it the privacy switch. And so if clients are in the home and they're at all worried about not wanting their, their home to be listening, well, you go and you hit that switch and it physically disconnects the microphones. There is no way to listen. So Josh Nano is really the, the big exciting product that we're super excited about. But to run Josh Nano, we had to come up with essentially a processor and that's what we call Josh Core. Now, we started off saying, do we really need to put another processor in the home? Is there a way to use an existing processor or maybe our Josh Micro as the processor? We thought about using a Mac Mini. The thing though is this processor is so custom built for doing artificial intelligence, natural language processing, home automation, as well as distributing audio that we ended up realizing we had to go with a completely custom board. And so this device, it's got audio outs that you can hook up directly to your audio amps and switches and that kind of stuff. Um, it's able to support over a hundred concurrent microphones around the home. Um, and it's running at a, a very fast processing speed. So it means that your commands are being processed really fast and they're being processed in your home. They're not going out to the cloud. So Josh core allows us to really double down on privacy, reliability, and speed. And these two products together, it offers a new paradigm in voice control that we just haven't seen before as an industry. It's interesting that um, as you're going to this more streamlined, elegant solution, this almost invisible uh, type of microphone, that the, the more mainstream voice products are going to a more stylized visual, you know, standalone on the, on the countertop kind of a product like this round orb kind of design. And, um, it's, it's kind of, a <clears throat> kind of cool the way that you're adapting to appeal more to the, I guess the high end, the, the custom integration channel and those designers who, who really just want it to be like this magical home experience, as opposed to a product that's sitting on a counter. Right. Absolutely. And, and this is really interesting just for me to kind of think about since starting the company, we've had investors and friends and, and even naysayers talk about how do you compete with Amazon? How do you compete with Google? And we've just been really focused on 
trying to deliver the, the right user experience. We, we don't really think about what are those guys building? What's the form factor they're offering? You know, they have a screen, we need a screen. That kind of copycat mentality is not how, in my mind, you create the best end user experience. And instead we've said, what are our customers telling us? What are our dealers telling us? And really what we've been hearing is they want it to, to disappear. They want it to be much more minimal. And, and what's so interesting is as we've doubled down on that approach, to your point, Amazon recently launched the Gen 4 version of the Echo. It went from, from an Echo Dot perspective, which was 3.4 inches in diameter and about 1.7 inches tall. They maintain that 3.4 inch diameter, but they more than double the height, making it a sphere. It's now 3.4 inches tall. And so this device is, is not getting smaller, it's getting bigger. But the other thing is a lot of people made these aftermarket products for Echo Dots that allow them to be built into walls and ceilings because the devices were flat. Well, I don't know how that's possible now that it's more of an orb shape. And then you see Apple basically releasing a very similar shape with the HomePod mini and Google's just gone bigger with the Google Nest audio. And so it's a, a really interesting time where I'm, I'm looking out saying, if I were building a mass consumer product, what they're doing makes perfect sense. It's a standalone speaker that you can buy plug in and you're good to go. But if you're building voice control into an integrated experience, those products are really moving in, in my opinion, the wrong direction. So, so when you're talking about a hundred concurrent microphone potential, you're not wiring back a hundred possible um, microphones through to that uh, processor, are you? Is, or is that what happens? Are there actually that many inputs on the back of that? Or how does that actually work? Or is so, it IP? Yeah, so Josh Core is communicating over the network. And then Josh Nano in the room is powered by PoE. So everything is connected over the network. Right. The only reason that you need to have the uh, direct line outs on the back of Core is to route the Josh voice through your amps, your distributed audio system. Okay, gotcha, understood. So, and you can also um, continue to integrate micro into that, that as well as a wireless option, um, as far as I understand. So it could be a blended system, not, not just, like if someone did, did want in a particular room or it was difficult to install in the wall, you could have that, that same countertop experience, right? Exactly. So Josh Micro is not going away and it's it's really serving a different need. So when you look at a, a retrofit project, we often get projects where most of the work has been completed and then you want to add Josh in at the, the 11th hour. In that case, Josh Micro is great. You can plug it into an outlet. You can run it on Wi-Fi. It has its own speaker. So it's really a, a standalone device and it's able to, to do its job. When you're dealing with more of a new build, trying to build for an architectural experience, that's where Josh Nano makes sense. And so at my home, for example, I would probably look at having Josh Nano in most of the major rooms. So the kitchen, the living room, the bedroom, but I have voice control in my garage. So when I come home, I can tell Josh, you know, I'm home and that triggers the scene. Well, I don't have audio systems routed to my garage. In that case, I would just put a micro so I can have a standalone device just plugged into Wi-Fi. Well, uh, we'll be back uh, with more from Alex Capo after a short break. Thanks for listening to Residential Tech Talks. Today's episode is brought to you by Sony. Sony's OLED TVs and Master Series meet the strict criteria of the top engineers and makes beautiful images a reality. 
Their 4K HDR TVs pair the brilliance of 4K with the brightness, color, and detail of high dynamic range. See how every scene comes to life with extraordinary realism. Discover a new level of immersive cinematic audio at home. With Dolby Atmos and acoustic surface audio, you'll enjoy three-dimensional surround sound that takes your breath away. See everything new from the world of Sony USA, including electronics, the new PlayStation 5, movies, music, and TV shows. Visit www.sony.com to learn more. Welcome back. I'm talking to Josh AI CEO, Alex Capasolatro. Alex, um, when you're setting up a system, you, you just described how your home, you know, per perhaps would, would work in terms of the, the blend of, of nano and micro. Um, are there best practices for installing nano in terms of position in a room, uh, height of it? Are you kind of creating sort of a standards document for that? Um, does it always need to go in the wall or could it be in the ceiling? That type of thing. That's a great question. Um, definitely, we're working on a standards document. Um, we've seen both in-wall as well as in-ceiling examples. It really just depends on the acoustics. Typically, you want to have the device mounted at about 56 inches off the ground and at least three or four feet away from any sources of noise. So you don't want it right next to a television or a speaker or even a loud HVAC system. And so typically what we find is if you look at where light switches get installed or thermostats, right next to those devices tends to be a great place to put this product because you already have wiring, you've got you know, the right setup and they're about the right height off the ground for what we would want. And it's it's cool that you're not making it completely invisible. Like you said, there's a button there that you can you can mute and as well your your LED ring, which allows you to see that it is actually responsive, that when you're speaking to it, you're getting um, some intelligence from that device. Um, so so it's it's invisible until you need it to not be invisible, I guess. Yeah, so we actually have two, two sort of options that we're going with. So the base option is the device comes in both white and black, and we find that that really works well in most environments. If you put it on a white wall, it's pretty blended when you're not speaking to it, but if you go and give a command, it lights up. But when you have more of a textured surface or maybe a wall that you happen to paint blue or red or green, whatever it happens to be, there are times where white or black just won't blend in as well as we'd like. So we designed a cap that you can put over the device. The cap can be faux painted. Um, it does cover up the LEDs, but it's got the holes for where the microphones go. And so this is great if you wanna have it really disappear, really blend in, but you do sacrifice the LED interaction in that case. So you get a little trade-off depending on what makes sense for the client. Right, and um, so you, and you can use it as for to trigger other uh, activities as well. How does that work with the other automation functionality? Um, so a couple different directions to go with that. Are you talking more about how does Josh sort of integrate and control other devices or more about other control systems? How, how it can be um, create, I guess, is it true that you could use it almost like a light, like a dimming switch or something like that as well as, as, uh, as a microphone? in that in that yes. case exactly so um so again the device think of it about the size of a quarter and the entire surface has a capacitive touch sensor so if you go up and you just tap on the device we can register that tap so what we decided is that tap by default will activate the microphone so instead of having to give the wake word you can just walk in tap the device and say lights on 
and the lights will turn on, but then you can always override that. And so depending on what's in the room, we're making it where that tap will toggle the binary state of almost any device. So TV on, TV off, music on, music off, lights on, lights off, really anything that has an on off state or an open closed state that taps able to control. And then when you give a voice command, that tap for about 60 seconds becomes a temporary control of what you asked for. So for example, if you walk in the room and you say, play the Beatles and the music comes on, if you then go and tap on the device, it'll pause the music. Hmm. So it gives you that contextual feedback based on what your last command was. And uh, I know that um, the idea of the local server there is really important to to your whole design philosophy and the way that the products work, the Josh products work, you're not going to the cloud, right? That's not a thing that is required of your system. So that, like you said earlier, is a very important core to your privacy, um, I guess, and do just, doctrine. Just, yeah, and just, just to be clear on that, we do still have to go out to the cloud for certain things. If you ask for a show on Netflix or you wanna stream music on Spotify, there's definitely gonna be a cloud call that's related to that. Okay. But the local processor allows us to do about 90% of the work on the device. We also store everything local. So from a privacy perspective, everything isn't sitting out in a cloud database somewhere. Um, and it gives us a lot more control over how things get access, who has access to it. For example, let's say someone's really paranoid and they wanna be completely locked down, just unplug the device and there is no way anyone's gonna be able to get into anything. So it, it just gives the user control where when data is out in the cloud, you don't really know where's it going, who has it, is it being copied and replicated? They're just a lot more unknowns and that's what we're trying to avoid. And you had uh, described how voice cast is uh, really what has enabled this to communicate, to work with other speakers in the home. And I know that's a, that's a technology that worked uh, well in a partnership with uh, Sonos in particular. Um, can you explain more about VoiceCast for those who may not be as familiar with your product line? Yeah, so we launched this at Cedia um, last year, so about 14 months ago. And VoiceCast was a partnership between us and Sonos taking advantage of essentially playing audio over a stream, which was really initially optimized for doorbells. So if you think about having music playing and a doorbell gets rung, it, would, it could lower the volume of the music play the chime and then resume the music. What we do with VoiceCast is take advantage of that, but sending the Josh voice response to that room. So for example, if you walk in the living room and you say, what's the weather? If you have music playing or if you don't in either case, Josh will basically lower the music, but continue to play it. It'll speak over that through whatever speakers are connected. So often with the Sonos amp or Sonos port, you get a really rich experience. But it does work with the Sonos One and Sonos Beam and a bunch of the other Sonos products. And so that allows Josh to speak completely over the network. There's no physical wires being connected. It's, it's a very easy install process. With the new product, while we're working on building voice cast partners beyond just Sonos, we want to be able to voice cast with most audio partners that are out there. We also realize that many integrators want to just have an audio line out. And that's what we're calling voice link. So from the back of court, if you physically connect the audio out to whatever speakers you're trying to get them to, that's where you're able to go and have the voice get distributed throughout the house, in this case, using physical cabling. 
And I know that uh, along with Sonos, you have manu- manufacturer partners galore at this point, and you just uh, published a white paper, uh, particularly with Lutron, and you're planning to do more of that as you have best practices for the, the various different brands. Um, you also could be a standalone control system, correct? You don't necessarily need to just be a voice interface to other technologies that are used in the custom integration channel, but you could actually be the the main control system. Am I correct about that? Yeah, so people don't always realize, but with Josh, we have a full-fledged app. It's got a great experience. You can check on cameras, create scenes, control whatever devices using a GUI. But one of the great things about the partners that we highlight, so in the keynote, we showed some work with Sonos, with Lutron, with Crestron, and a couple other partners. There's just so much incredible work we can do that clients don't initially realize. So for example, with the keynote that we just aired, we wanted to highlight not just the new Josh product for the integrator community, we wanted to show the design, architecture, and even the homeowner community what's possible. And and we showed off some pretty cool things. So for example, the first room that we showed the demo in, we give a simple command. I think it's, you know, we have guests over or let's entertain. And when we get that command, Josh ends up talking to Lutron primarily to raise a hidden sushi bar that's you know sort of hidden under the table. We have an entire hydraulic wall. It's a 50-foot glass wall that opens up. A TV comes from underground outside behind an infinity pool. The shades open, lights turn up, music starts playing. And all of that is acting where Josh is the control system, but we're working with some really great partners. And we just find homeowners don't always realize that this stuff is even possible. And the more that we get designers and architects to think about this, the more that we can get them to bring the technology partners into the, the discussion early so that we're not having to fight you know, after the projects are done and not optimized and designed for what we're doing, but really get this stuff designed right from the beginning. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit more about your keynote. It's a, It was a pretty unique experience where you're in a, a live home setting there. It's not just your your facility or showroom, you're, you're in a home there in Los Angeles. Uh, can you tell a little bit more uh, about what that, what that experience was or how that all came together with your dealer um, partnerships? Yeah, so typically Cedia Expo is our big event where we try to do a live demo, build a booth, you know, do all that. And with Cedia not happening, we said, you know, we, we wanna be able to not just talk about new products, but really show it. And as we began thinking about a virtual keynote, you think about Apple's keynotes are in auditoriums and Tesla's doing similar things and Google and Snapchat and others. And for us, it just made sense. Let's let's do this in a home where we can actually show the real integration. We can show it's really happening. And we started asking various integrator partners and, and friends. And we were very fortunate that one of our local LA partners, Powerful Systems, they're friends with this home builder that put in a Josh system probably three or four years ago now. They were very early with Josh this home builder builds, I think, one home every five years or so. And these homes are just incredible. Um, This happened to be an $80 million spec home. So it's got every bell and whistle. I mean, this this house was just spec'd out to the max. And as a spec home, the cool thing is someone's not living there. They're actually actively showing the home to, you know, billionaire clients and people like that. So the idea of them getting Josh into the home to show their clients, it was really a win-win. So we started thinking about, we've got this amazing house, we've got these new products that we wanna show off, but the dealer community 
always has to kind of fight with the design community around getting technology in, convincing designers and architects of the value of what we're doing. And when you talk to that community, you often hear them say, I know technology is great in theory, but it's so complicated, it's so hard to use. And when I show them what you can do with voice control, the idea is it just gets really simple. You know, the turn on, turn off command is, is one of my favorites. To walk in a room and you say to you know an architect, let's pretend that you have music on, lights on, a fireplace on, TVs on, thermostats running. If you want to control that, you either need a bunch of switches on the wall, you need an app, you need a tablet, you need some interface, or you just have voice control. And with voice, you simply say, turn off the lights, turn off the fireplace, turn off the music, turn off the HVAC, whatever it is that you want to turn on or turn off, that, that's where it gets really simple. And, and we just find that designers and architects love this concept. So that's when we said, let's look at this being more of a public keynote where we try to attract folks of all different areas where success for us is going to be if some random homeowner in some random city reaches out to their local integrator saying, hey, I want the experience I saw in this video, which generates business not just for us, but for all of our partners. And that's really what we're trying to do here. And you're back in Los Angeles there where that, that home is located. Um, you, you're, I know that, uh, that you, you're based as a company in Denver and you didn't spend your summer in Los Angeles, probably for many reasons. This um, pandemic has been, been nuts, obviously. You were able to escape a bit and I, I believe clear your head. I saw a lot of great social media posts, riding bikes and things like that. You're uh, out on Cape Cod, it looked like. Um, talk about your summer and, and how it helped you kind of get through this crazy time that we're all dealing with. Yeah, I mean, this has been just weird for everyone. And in the beginning, we didn't know if this was going to be two weeks, two months, two years, you know, it, it was very unclear. But by the time we got to sort of May slash June, it was pretty apparent we were not going to be reopening the office or at least not requiring the office, um, you know, to, to reopen really until probably early 21. That was, you know, the thinking and that's what was going on for many other companies we, we chatted with. And so I've been fortunate to have a beach house out in Cape Cod that I usually only spend a day or two at a time at. It's, I'm flying around, I'm going from LA to Denver, I get a day or two out at the Cape and then I'm going to meetings. And this summer I just said, you know, I might never get a summer like this again where we're not doing in-person meetings, we're not doing in-person trade shows. So I just set up shop for four months, didn't get on an airplane, you know, woke up every morning, went for a run or a bike ride or went in the ocean, and then was able to work on East Coast hours, which I'm used to working West Coast hours. It meant I didn't really start until about, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, but then went, you know, later in the evening. And it was great. The, the one thing that was really difficult though, and I mean, there were many difficult things, but one of the ones that comes to mind we've manufactured this new product with a partner out in South Korea. It's where we've done all of our hardware manufacturing. So being on the East Coast, that's three hours more uh, separation from South Korea, which is a little bit more tough. But also I've never developed a hardware product completely remote. Usually myself and my team were flying out, you know, every couple of weeks, there's a lot of in-person work. And in this case, we had to really rely on Zoom and, you know, video meetings and doing a lot of remote testing and remote, you know, supporting of each other. And it's, it's difficult. It certainly made it more of a challenge, but at the same time, I mean, you know, we're, we're a small company and we're a testament that 
you can launch, you know, two new very exciting products, even despite all of these challenges. So, you know, it, it, it was difficult, but also I feel like we kind of have a second win now knowing, you know, this is, this is how things have gone. I feel like it's been, you know, a triumph in many ways. And while I do look forward to getting back to the office, I miss having that face-to-face -face time and also miss trade shows and seeing all of our friends and, and partners in the industry. We're also just getting used to figuring out how do we adapt to this. And, you know, in many ways, I think it's making the whole industry a lot stronger. I agree with you. Um, it's It's been uh, a challenge and it's been a challenge that's been met very well. I think in a lot of ways, we're still trying to figure out how to how to have trade shows remotely, which is not easy. But I think in terms of meetings and, and business, um, how things go and, and having our uh, essential workforce, the integrators out there being able to meet safely with clients um, and keep our industry rolling uh, has been um, an amazing accomplishment and, and fortunate for our business for sure. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see your new products and uh, thanks for really, Alex, thanks for taking the time today to chat about it. Definitely, thank you. Also, thanks to everybody for joining us. Be sure to comment, share, or subscribe to the podcast. And you can check out all the latest residential tech news at restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.